Big weekend for the English team, of course, with the English Millennium on Saturday to be run and won at Royal Randwick. And we've got a cracking field of two-year-olds lining up. We thought, what a better opportunity to dive into this race, have a look at it, and also chat to some previous winners. Chris Russell from English joins us to kickstart this half an hour. G'day, Chris. Dave, how are you? I'm very well, mate. It's a great time for your organisation because you get uh, this race, which has just gone from strength to strength in years, and you must be very happy as an organisation with how good this field has lined up. Yeah, the field has come up outstanding. I mean, um, yeah, obviously full field of 16, got the four emergencies. Um, all our sales represented, you know, right through from Weanling sales to our two-year-old sales. I think we've got 11 classic graduates uh, in the field, which... Yeah, obviously on the eve of the classic sale. So, um, yeah, looking forward to another top graduate joining the honour board. What about uh, the week? Uh, obviously, the inspections have started now at the Riverside uh, Complex for this classic sale, which is next week, and it will be a beauty on Monday and Tuesday. Yeah, or starting Sunday as well. So Sunday? Yeah, current, currently between Barn E and F and a few of the 830 yearlings we've got operating in front of us right now. So it's, we're really happy with the catalogue. Um, you know, we've got support from all the major vendors, you know, in, from most of the states of Australia. So it's a, it's really a sale that's on everyone's radar. What are you most looking forward to about seeing over the sale? Oh, I just, oh, it, it's just great to get everyone back together. I mean, and this is a sale that we work so hard for. You know, our work starts back in July, really. We start doing our first inspections of the yearlings and, you know, a lot of toing and froing with vendors and working with them, getting the best horses we can to put the catalogue together and just to get, you know, to get all that to fruition and put the catalogue together and get the buyers here and just get keen to get into it on Sunday. And, of course, this big pink bonus, mate. Uh, we're going to chat with Yvonne Sampson shortly, but this is a great opportunity, isn't it, for, for people out there to, to get a second bite? Oh, exactly. You know, it's. Um, I think we're very happy with the representation of the pink bonus too. We've got, I think it's four in the main field and one of the emergencies are eligible for the pink bonus. So um, it's obviously going to go off and there'll be good competition for it. It's a $400,000 bonus. So it's just a, a great incentive to get the, get the ladies involved. Yeah, it certainly is. Uh, now, away from everything obviously happening on the track, cocktail parties, functions, etc., there's still an English digital sale on, isn't there? Yes, there is. Yeah, the, that sale will uh, will close out today. Um, so it's a great catalogue as well. Um, you know, Ben the Knee, one of John O'Shea's really good gallopers is in there. So uh, again, the digital is going from strength to strength, and yeah, can't t- can't take our eye off the ball there because it's a sale every two weeks. So yeah, two sales going at once. Fantastic. Well, mate, uh, it's going to be a good little half an hour. This, as I said, we're going to chat with Yvonne Sampson next on the program. Also, uh, Calvin McAvoy, Mick Price, and even Fitzy will chime in to, uh, to close us off. It's uh, great that uh, we can be having a race like of this calibre uh, on the weekend, the English Millennium. Of course, we run at 20 past three, race number six on the card. And I know it's, uh, it's going to be hopefully a big launching pad for a big autumn for some of these two-year-olds. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. As I said, it's a, it's a really strong field. You know, the barriers of throwing a cat amongst the pigeons for a few of the chances, but um, yeah, it just brings everyone into it. Really looking forward to the day. All right, fantastic. Thanks very much for this, mate. Perfect. Thanks, Dave. We'll chat to you soon. Thanks, Chris. Uh, Chris Russell there from Inglis uh, joining us on the line. Our next guest this morning is Yvonne Sampson, and of course, uh, well, uh, Vonnie had uh, a great little article in the Daily Telegraph come through in relation to being a new ambassador out there at Inglis, and you can read more about that at the uh, English uh, website, of course, a lot happening on that website because this uh, classic sale is uh, getting underway, as Chris said, on Sunday. So a lot of traffic will be heading to that particular page and also their live broadcast. But uh, she will be an ambassador for the pink bonus. And, of course, the final field is out now for that $2 million English Millennium at Royal Ramwick. 16 runners and we're learning to fly. Franabel Nisham is a 280 favourite in that race. I think...
Yvonne is with us now. Good morning, Vonnie. Oh, good morning. How are you? Oh, I'm very well, but more importantly, how are you? The new ambassador for the the pink bonus. And I know that racing is very, very close to your heart and the team at Inglis were quite keen to secure you. Oh, I'm incredibly proud um, that Inglis would even consider me for something like this. I've loved horses uh, my whole life and um, I know anyone involved in the industry is the same. And uh, to be now uh, officially an ambassador for Inglis and to be able to help encourage other women to really look at what it is and, and transfer that love of horse into a, a larger role and, you know, to become an owner, to be part of a syndicate, to have more of an experience on race day is um, is very exciting. So, yep, ever since I had my first little hairy Shetlands um, and now here I am, I get to go to the races and uh, get all dressed up and, and share what will be a fabulous experience with other women. And, of course, your grandfather, Roy Morris, he was a trainer there at Warwick Farm. So this is a bit of um, 360, isn't it? Um, you know, that you can be obviously English-based out there at Warwick Farm at the Riverside Stables. So very special. Yeah, and I think for us, um, we've been such a horse family forever. And so, yeah, I, I mean, he's long gone now, um, my wonderful grandfather. But at my uncle still uh, is an owner and breeder and... Um, yeah, I have to really thank my uncle for, you know, keeping me involved in horse uh, ownership. He he loves to um, breed lovely horses, um, only slow ones, mind you, um, lovely slow ones that end up at Tony Club. But uh, yeah, no, we're we're very excited to now uh, be officially with Inglis and just looking towards Saturday, uh, Dave. Just can I run you through some of these? Millennium hopes for the pink bonus. Mm-hmm. Arkansas kid, obviously, you know, won the English banner down at Mooney Valley on Cox Plate Day. Bred by Philippa Duncan, who's been long uh, established with Lindsay Park. And then once the Hayes family bought him, she wanted to stay in. So that's the huge Victorian rival. Let's go a little bit north of the border. That's something that you and I both are very keen on. The player, the Chris Munz train cult, lots of pizzazz. Chris's wife, Kathy, has syndicated this to predominantly Queensland women. So this is your warning. If you are on the track on Saturday and the player is the first one to pick up this pink bonus, which is $400,000, look out because the winner's circle is never going to be the same. Those ladies are going to be off the bit and I hopefully will be in right in the thick of it. Um, Fasil, who I was lucky enough to have a beautiful photo shoot with earlier this week, she is an absolute gem. Now, one of the owners is Julie Ryan. She was given a share in Fasil as a birthday present from her husband. This is the first time Julie's ever been involved in a horse. So that is like a unicorn, as you know, anyone, any punter, any horse owner knows that. Uh, to stumble across such a, a gem in Fasil and your first throw at the stumps is uh, incredible. And she was a $420,000 um, yielding at the Easter sale. And then Lazago, um, raised by Debbie Capetas, who's an absolute juggernaut in the racing industry. She'll be wearing those beautiful purple and white colours of Whoppet Bloodstock. Um, she's one from one, super talented. Uh, and so, and we have Chevron, who's the third emergency. So depending on what happens uh, in the field before Saturday, these are the horses that we'll be cheering on. And uh, again, I'm very much looking forward to seeing. I know it's the sport of kings, Dave, but I think the ladies are now making a run for the crown. <laughs> very much so. And I think it's fantastic because, uh, you know, you're right, um, that, that tag has been associated with the sport. But uh, I think that uh, the diversity in the ownership groups and, uh, just those memories that are going to be created, I think all for it. So let's hope that it's something that continues to grow and grow and grow. And uh, well done, Pringles, for adding a bonus like this and also for yourself for jumping on board. 
Oh, thank you. No, it's an absolute privilege. So, um, and it, it times out well because uh, I know racing and rugby league people are usually one and the same. So we're just about to start our NRL trials. Uh, the NRL season is about to kick off in a few weeks' time, but we're going to be able to squeeze a lot of racing in between here and then. Vonnie, thanks so much for coming on. Look forward to seeing you on Saturday at the races at Royal Randwick. We've got a big function up there in the ballroom. I know there'll be a lot of people that uh, have been at the sales, that'll be uh, you know, staying at the complex, heading out, coming back, etc. So it's going to be a good time. I can't wait. Thank you so much. Yvonne Sampson, who is the new ambassador for Inglis, of course, with the uh, the Pink Bonus ambassador. And uh, great to have Yvonne on the program. She'll, of course, be on the Big Sports Breakfast as well as uh, the weeks continue. And the league won't be too far away. And we will see her on our screens for Fox League. Well, last year, Extravagant Star was a brilliant winner in the Inglis Millennium. Let's turn back the clock. And the two-year-olds are off in the big one. And Extravagant Star jump well together with Athletica. Sweet Rider showing very good muster. They're the three leaders early. Uh, going up the inside now is Vader Zan into a prominent role. El Padrino out deep. And Boldino wedged between them in six. Empress firing up early. Followed by the Wizard King. Sajardin three wide has a bit of cover. Then Calgary Stampede. The favourite Paris Dior's back in the field from Zambezi River. A good gap back then to the seven seas with a white cap going between between them, Russian assassin, made deeper out, and Fire and Ice is the last one. Athletica rolls forward, races up on the outside of Sweet Riders, they turn, Extravagant Stars, third from Vader Zane, then came El Padrino, Sajardin is four off the lead, Boldino in the middle of the ruck with a pink jacket, it's Sweet Ride resting the lead from Athletica, then came Extravagant Star, here comes the favourite Paris Dior and Sajardin getting into the work now, but Extravagant Star races to the lead and kicked away from Paris Dior, and Extravagant Star goes on to win the English Millennium. Second, possibly Paris Dior, just in front of Sajardin. El Padrino finished in fourth. Then came the seven seas from Fire and Ice Athletica. Sweet Ride, Calgary Stampede from Emperor Vader Zamboldino dropped out from Zambezi River. Russian Assassin Pomade and the Wizard King was one of the last to finish. Yeah, it was great to see, of course, the scenes last year with Chad Schofield, Calvin McAvoy and Extravagant Star getting the chocolates. And Calvin McAvoy joins us on the phone now. G'day, mate. Yeah, g'day, Dave. How are you, mate? I'm very well. Good to talk to you. It's uh, Look, the reason why we're having this little half an hour special show is uh, to, I guess, focus on this brilliant race on the weekend, this English Millennium, and we thought, what a great way to get you involved as a winner last year. I mean, it must have been a big thrill. Oh, no doubt. It was absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, it, uh, it came up a little bit quick on us. We sort of, the Philly extravagant star, she won a maiden to... Uh, along and we sort of just had to make a, a fairly quick decision of what to do and um, you know they don't have any experience they had one run it's you know going to Sydney was a big thing but lucky for her she sort of won early January and it gave us an opportunity to get her up there and trial her on that leg so uh, she uh, she was fantastic she was mate um, talk us through that day because there was some market support for her, the big odds yeah, there was. Look, um, to be honest, probably leading to the race at Geelong, she was going well, but she had never wowed us at track work. And uh, ever since she went to the races that first day, she really took the correct steps, got her up to Sydney, um, got up to Sydney, and um, you know Chad galloped her a couple of times and trialed her, and he was very confident. He he instilled a lot of confidence in in, in us, and because uh, every time she, he just said she improved, so. Uh, it was a fantastic day, good ownership group, you know, Seymour Bosbuck, Darren Thomas, Mark Pilkington, 
um, they're amazing supporters of not only us but the industry as a whole and um, to get a feature win for them was, was made it even better. Um, where is uh, the filly? Because we saw her, we haven't seen her since November. Is everything all right with her? Yeah, she's good. She, she Look, she's in work. She's galloping. She's actually having her first trial tomorrow morning. Uh, her oh, first jump out tomorrow morning at Ararat. But she just didn't come up last time. Um, she, we were plagued with a very wet uh, a very wet spring. Uh, she doesn't, although she, won, um, although she won a millennium on a soft track, it was a, a summer soft. It was nowhere near what we were facing through the spring in, in Victoria. So um, she didn't go at all in those couple of runs. We turned her back out. And we feel she's going very well. She's back to her old self. And um, so, look, she's going to be at this stage on target to run in, uh, you know, a race on the 4th of March. Okay. And then uh, will we maybe see her back in Sydney? Yeah, there's every chance. And just what we need to do is we need to get her back in form, get her back in form and at her best. And, um, you know, there's a couple of, uh, you know, there's an English race on the 4th. There's also, a, you know, a three-year-old Philly 1,000 metre race. So, um, I just want to see her back to her best. Our track work, she, she suggests she is. And once we see that first up run, we can then make a plan after Fantastic. Calvin, while I've got you on the phone, mate, um, and we can hear you at the uh, the stables, which is brilliant. Or are you up at uh, your, your Riverside? Uh, yeah, I am. I've just, uh, just flown in this morning and I've just arrived about to start looking at some young. Oh, welcome to the Harbour City, mate. Um, just, <laughs> just while I've got you on the phone then, uh, very quickly... Um, We've got uh, you've got some runners in tomorrow at Pakenham, Red Hawk and uh, Intrepid Eagle. Yeah, look, Red Hawk's a, another horse that's got all the ability in the world. Um, he's a he's a prolific trial winner and an impressive trial winner, and he can crumble a touch under pressure. So I'm hoping that he's finally matured. We're, we're going to run him over 1,200 metres rather than shorter, just to hope he gets the pressure that suits him. And he's going very well. Intrepid Eagle most likely will come out from the barrier. Uh, so it should just be the one there tomorrow night. Okay, perfect. And just on Saturday, or, or you've got So Unusual going around on Saturday? Yeah, look, he's a really promising horse. He's probably the horse I'm most excited about in the stable going forward as an older horse. Um, we purchased him from New Zealand. Um, he's really uh, gone from, from strength to strength, and his form, you know, his form's been terrific. It's stacked up, and he seems to be in a really good place at home. So... Um, benchmark 78, 2,400-metre race. Uh, Dan Holland's riding with so much confidence, and I think he can win again. Great to chat with you, mate. Good luck with those uh, sales. Thank you, Dave. Cheers. Thanks, mate. Calvin McAvoy, of course, last year's uh, co-trainer, winning co-trainer there of the English Millennium. What about we go back another year? This was an absolute jet. Gator back, the racing profiteer jumped out well, so did Pegasi. Arthur Francis fast into stride, but Profiteer's going to lead. And Ashima on the improve. Pegasi second, Ashima goes to third. Followed then by Paper Daisy. Arthur Francis out deep on the outside of Mystic Gem. Further back to Mandalong Cash out deep from Reaver Brook. Then came Baranoff from Jessica Rabbit Keefe out deed. Then Festival Dancer, high, 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 nice for what? Going between runners. Our mistaken idea. Identity's last profiteer. He's running some time in the lead. And profiteer's going to turn three lengths in front of Ashima and Pagasi off the bridle. Further back to Arthur Francis, Mystic Gem. Then Paper Daisy from Baranoff inside the 250. And profiteer's well clear. Ashima goes to a clear second. Arthur Francis to third. But it's profiteer. Well clear. The capitalist caught. In fact, he's extending. What a superstar. Profiteer and a 
big payday for his owners, winning the English Millennium in a romp. The roughy Baranoff may have pinned second, an inch in front of Pagasi. Nice for what laid on the scene, then Paper Daisy, Festival Dance, Amanda Long Cash, High, 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 Mistaken Identity, Mystic Gem, that Arthur Francis, followed by Keefe, Ashima dropped out from Reba Brook and Jessica Rabbit. Yeah, geez, he could gallop this horse, and Mick Price uh, was his trainer, and he joins us now on the phone. G'day, Mick. Morning, David. How are you? Very good, mate. I remember you in town for this race a couple of years ago, and obviously uh, you're on that golden slipper path with him. But that day for mine, um, when Huey just let him rip, um, geez, he, that was the real profiteer, wasn't it? He's a big, fast horse. He's uh, very fast. And, um, oh, look, we probably didn't have a, have our timing um, exactly right in the slipper, maybe, but it was a stinking hot day in the slipper that day too. So... A lot of those Melbourne Colts just, I don't know, you've got to really um, uh, condition them up to Sydney humidity. Um, but, yeah, he, he just wasn't um, right enough on the day in the slipper, unfortunately. But it doesn't matter. He's at stud and he's uh, yeah. got plenty of uh, plenty of girlfriends at stud and hopefully he has a, uh, he's a good stud colt. This was uh, an early, you know, one of the earlier um, runnings of this particular race. And, I mean, you, I know you don't have a runner in this year, but you must look at the quality of this race. And it's going to be... Something on the calendar that trainers now use as a bit of a springboard into a slipper. Well, it's about the prize money, isn't it? It's about yeah. the return on investment for owner. So, yeah, it's a race that, although I think they only uh, they allocate $75,000 worth of the prize money towards the um, order of entry for the slipper. Is that right? That's right, yeah. It's... Yeah, so, uh, look, it's a worthy race to win, obviously. Um, not the be-all and end-all, but uh, still a great race. And a fantastic race to win, um, just, you know, like I said, for the return uh, to owners. Um, and it does uh, certainly set your horse up slipper-wise. It, you know, it, um, it's to the timing of it and everything's good. Anyway, uh, we've probably um, bought too many nice horses that need a bit of time last year. And um, our sprinting horses just haven't been quite close enough to getting a run, uh, but uh, anyway, you can still buy a nice horse that'll be a nice three-year-old out of Sydney Classic, clearly. Exactly right. Uh, Mick, uh, looking ahead then, uh, away from obviously Profiteer and your time at English, are you going to be up, are you in Sydney at the moment or are you coming up? Uh, Junior is uh, supposed to be doing all the horses and give me a short list of 40 or 50. I'll be there first thing Friday morning and do all Friday and then back for the gallops on Saturday morning here and the races. So obviously we've got Group 1 racing. Yeah. And good two-year-old racing here on Saturday, which I need to be here for. So it'll be one day in Sydney to shortlist, and that's it. Does that mean that Junior can cop the brunt if his initial 40 or 50 aren't up to standard? Uh, well, the <laughs> rules are that all the good things because of me, all the bad things because of him. <laughs> Let, let's talk about... That's his job. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> no, you're both very good judges. Let's talk about uh, these two-year-olds then uh, that you've got going around in, in Melbourne because... We, obviously, up here in Sydney, we're all about the slipper, but you've got to get through Blue Diamonds first. I saw you on um, a racing.com video on the socials yesterday saying that this charm stone is one of the the better two-year-olds you've ever had, which is a pretty big call because you've had some bloody good two-year-olds. What's it about her that makes her so good? Well, she is. uh, She's got great capacity. For a Vinny, uh, they can um, look... He's a good stallion because he puts plenty of nervous energy in his horses, and most good horses have plenty of nervous energy about them. She is a little bit different in that she's cool, cooler. 
She's a big, strong, forward, mature filly. She looks more like a three-year-old. She's got a beautiful, big, long stride on her. I think 1,200 metres she'll really enjoy. Um, you know what work she does and what trials she does. She has a turn of foot towards the end of it. Uh, we've never really bottomed her out. I suppose she ran third at her first start because she was a bit burly. And uh, then we ran her again and she won the group three, but she's improved since. And her trial's been very good. Her work is very good. And if she has clear running from seven out of 15 on Saturday, uh, I think she can win. And then she'll improve into the Blue Diamond and then you'll see her in Sydney. Okay, so definitely the plan is to keep something in the tank for her after a diamond. If she obviously pulls up and she's showing that she wants to continue um, to get her into a slipper. She will... Easily, with her constitution and soundness and how she's going, she'll easily have three or four runs. So uh, we've allowed for all that. But, um, look, she's fairly forward. And, uh, you know, it's not a big turnaround from when she raced to uh, where she is at the moment. So she didn't go to the paddock and get fat. She actually looks in better condition this preparation than she did her first preparation. I think she just got beat at her first preparation because she was a bit soft and porky in the belly and uh, now she looks nice and trained up so if anyone wants to back up on Saturday uh, certainly uh, that's a yes and then um, into the Blue Diamond Okay so um, uh, what about Zara does he stick right through? You got him locked in? Well 56 kilos well uh, said no party for Marky He's got to. Um, he's got uh, two weeks into the Blue Diamond with 55 kilos, uh, so he's committed to that, which is oh, that's very light for Mark. Yeah. Uh, anyway, he he's committed. He understands and um, he's a good rider. One is you know one of our good riders here. So uh, happy with him to be on the horse. He's galloped it and he's trialled it, and um, you know that mare that that filly goes good for him. As to most horses, but they, you know, it's the only thing he's going to be nice and skinny on Blue Diamond Day. Yeah, exactly. But that just shows. I think that's a tip in itself, because Correct. Mark's the type of bloke Correct. where he won't push his body if he doesn't have to. He's, he's yeah. So, all right. Um, that's interesting for the slipper then. Okay, so look forward to possibly seeing you back up here. We'll definitely probably seeing you back up here in Sydney. What about some of the other two-year-olds? Uh, extreme threat in the same race. Uh. Well, she's first emergency drawn by a 10. I have to have a think about... Um, I have another form in that race here. Yeah, I know Sharpstone's going great. But um, I have to have a look at it and um, have a think about that. Well, number one, she's got to get a run. Um, I think I would run her. Um, she's either going to run and run well and show up. Um, but, yeah, I've got to make a decision whether I actually run her or not. But I'll, okay. I'll make that later. All right. Uh, in uh, earlier in the day, you've got in the autumn stakes. Uh, um, what have you got? Um, amenable and Amenable. Yes, the Australian bloodstock horse. I'll start with Amenable. Yeah. Uh, beautiful horse, improved from last time to this time. He's a uh, beautiful long row colt. He is um, steering into the Australian Guineas over a mile. Um, I missed a week with him at a vital point because uh, he had blood bad blood uh, pitcher. Um, so I'm only going 1,400 metres then into the Australian Guineas, which is a bit skinny, but doesn't matter. He's a really nice horse. I think he's disadvantaged, drawn 8 out of 9. No doubt Ollie want to ride him coldish, and he'll work home well, but it looks like a sit and sprint, and I think there's really only Calico Jack and Clint of Silver that might hold a spot. So you'll see him run well. Uh, Zeno wants further. 
Uh, you'll see him run well, but he does want further. Hopefully he's a derby horse by uh, Carl Zeno. But, um, yeah, I, I think um, I think there'll be better days for Amenable than um, Saturday. He'll be working home strongly and see what happens. Okay. Obviously, the CF4 Stakes Group 1. Uh, we'll start with Jackano. He was obviously brilliant last time out there in, uh, in the Manfred and looked in a position where he wasn't going to you know, be in the finish. He was sort of going to be in behind him, but he's just got tenacity. He has. He's got a good finish, got a killer punch on him which is why he won the Golden Rose and why he races well and why he won the Manfred. And, you know, he's a good horse. Uh, he's improved from the spring of his three-year-old year and he'll have a good autumn. So uh, he's a good winning chance and he's got a good turn of foot. And he's just got a, a delay. He's just got to extricate himself out from barrier four and get some clean air because uh, you're two blue in blinkers first time, drawn barrier one, who'll get going. And Gentleman Roy is a Post lead, I think, uh, leads every other start. So you'll have two that are running first and second have got a good advantage, and uh, both of mine will be in the back, back one or two or three, unfortunately. Um, just drawing the gates and the sort of horses they are, that they'll both be motoring late. They certainly will. When will, will they be in the Harbour City, either of these two? Uh, you'll see on Thunderstruck, he, he runs um, All Futurity, All-Star Mile, Queen Elizabeth. Yep. And Jack and O runs All Futurity. And then we'll have a chat about what we do with him. Uh, I'm not sure on that one. He may even turn up in the All-Star Mile because he's got three weeks between the Futurity and the All-Star Mile. So uh, know, he's a stud colt, so he's sort of got to run in the right races. But um, nothing wrong with the All-Star Mile. No, exactly right. So you've got no qualms at him running a mile then? Don't reckon. Um, I'm happy with 1,400. But, um, look, he'll definitely be getting tried over a mile. Okay. Does that mean we might see him in, in a mile race in Sydney? Uh, Would he get too much weight in a Doncaster? No. No. Uh, not at all. Um, yeah, possibly. Um, it depends. If uh, he's first, I, It's very difficult to run him in the Australian Guineas because it's only a week after the futurity. But um, it wouldn't be difficult to run him in the... Um, uh, also, albeit that it's at Mooney Valley, and also like him that might find his feet, might have to motor up a bit late. But um, anyway, he's going awe and futurity, and he's off to a good start. He's winning the Manfred, was good. He's going the two forty nanometer group ones, and we'll worry about it later. Yeah, exactly right. Um, and obviously, I'm thunderstruck. He's just, you know, he's just a beauty, isn't he? He's going very well. And um, change of rider, uh, Zara's on the leader, uh, which is Gentleman Roy, and I'm Thunderstruck's drawn 9 out of 10, drawn poorly again. Uh, so I don't see any other option apart from I'm Thunderstruck um, at the back and motor home. It's going to be a good run, but he's got to pick up a good horse, you know, either Tuvalu or um, Gentleman Roy. They're going well. They'll be beautifully suited up front. Um, you know, they're good horses. Tuvalu's a group one horse. Um, mm. You know, so not easy, but uh, what can you do? Um, while I've got you, Mick, just before I let you go, we talk about obviously Charm Stone, um, which sounds like your number one seed as for you, for your two year olds. It's your it's it's your one. But is there anything else that uh, you've got maybe nom for that slipper that you could throw in somewhere, maybe in Sydney or in Melbourne, to get some prize money and one that that we could also see coming up on a float. I've got one that springs to mind that's going to run in a short race that's going to go bang. So our hopes and dreams are pinned on Charmstone at the moment. Okay, all right. And last but not least, today at Mowie, uh, and maybe even packing them tomorrow, 
Is there anything we can make well, an investment on to put on Charmstone yes, on the weekend? I've got a $2 million um, filly in a $37,000 maiden having a first start called Humming. <laughs> <laughs> so we're slowly getting some money back. <laughs> That's the hips don't lie, Philly. Okay. That's it. That's it. Okay. Three-year-old taking a fair bit of time but can win. Okay, all right. Race three, number nine today, mate. Good luck and thanks so much for coming on. And as I said, um, I hope you enjoyed hearing that memory of Profiteer. No worries, Dave. Thanks, mate. Cheers, mate. Mick Price on our Little English preview of the Millennium. Great to chat with Mick, too, about his runners. And, geez, excited to see how Charmstone does go on the weekend. Pretty big call, isn't it, Uh, for a gentleman like Mick who has had a number of good two-year-olds to come on and say... I think she's one of the best I've had. Uh, that's it's massive. Peter Fitzgerald is joining us now from English to wrap this up. G'day, Fitzy. Dave, how are you this morning? Very good, mate. Great to chat with Calvin McAvoy and uh, Mick Price, who have been previous winners of the English Millennium. And this field, both trainers commented that it's just going to continue to get bigger and better. Absolutely. I think there's fairly common views, you know, on social media the last 48 hours that this is the strongest, not only renewal of the Millennium, but the strongest two-year-old race uh, that we've seen uh, in the country this year, uh, or this season. Uh, you know, you've got the slipper favourite in learning to fly. Um, we've actually, I mean, she's obviously drawn, he's obviously drawn Barry 19, but we've had the stats guys here at work working on some information um, for the wide Barry's over the start, the 1100 start at Ramwick, and there's actually nothing there to suggest that um, learning to fly is going to be disadvantaged. When there's only one turn into the home straight, um, horses that have drawn out wide, even two-year-olds, have got a very good record, um, you know, from out there, so... I think you'll find that that horse will go around and be very hard to beat. And, um, you know, the, the book is prepared to take it on at the moment. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see come race day um, what price learning to fly is. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, and, w- and whether those those big syndicates and the uh, the big punters on their uh, algorithms and machines just to take it, um, take it through. So it'll be very interesting to see how it does unfold. Mate, what about the, this couple or this period for English? I mean, we've got the classic sales starting on the weekend. I'll be out there on Monday and... Cocktail parties, lots of owners and trainers in town. It's a good time, isn't it? But it's fantastic. Uh, you know, even here yesterday we started parades for the classic sale, and normally they don't realistically pick up until sort of the Wednesday and the Thursday of that week. But yesterday it was heaving out here. There were people everywhere. Uh, a lot of parades. Talking to vendors this morning, they're all thrilled with how many people were looking at the horses yesterday. Um, you know, so early in the week, uh, a lot of the big name players. I mean, Annabelle Nation was here, and Team Kieran Ma was here, and. Um, Mick Kent Jr. was here and Triple Crown and Derby Racing and the Hawks is a new name and they're all here yesterday so and they're back today everyone's flat out again today and there's a bit of rain forecast here later in the week nothing substantial um, you know three, four, five mil here and there in the afternoon so I don't think we're going to be um, hampered too much with the weather and you know it's shaping up to be a huge week uh, both on and off the track Alright uh, anything else Fitzy? I know we've got the English Digital as well coming out yeah, the worst thing stuck in, 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 in all of it is the digital sale, which closes in what, about 25 minutes' time. It starts to close from midday today. So there's the 270-odd lots there, Dave. Some actually really interesting tried horses. Now, the tried horse market uh, in Australia at the moment through English Digital is huge. You know, every sale, there's you know there's, there's proper Chris Waller and Cornwall horses or there's Adrian and Gay horses or there's Kieran Mar horses or Annabelle Nation horses. Uh, there's a couple in this one, Bend the Knee uh, for John O'Shea. Um, you know, a stakes winner um, has run second in town its last couple of runs in Sydney um, in two of the last little four or five Saturdays. Uh, like he's at 135000 at the moment and he's on the market. Uh, Operative is another interesting one, again, from the Waller and, uh, and Cornwall camp that I mentioned before. Uh, written Tycoon, three-year-old Colts, won two from five. Uh, also on the market already, he's at 175000 right now. And 
Um, you know, he's, uh, well, bend the knees, lot seven, so he's going to be selling just after midday, so there's, there's really only 30, 35 minutes to go there, but uh, the Stones have got Old Flame, there's a 5% share in Old Flame, uh, we saw a couple of 5% shares in, in Williamsburg sell uh, very well a couple of weeks ago, uh, and obviously Private Eye had a 5% share sell last year, so there's 5% in Old Flame, which is currently at 35,000, so he ran, he ran third in the gong at his last start, he's back in work now, the Snowdens, and but they're targeting some Group 1 races within this carnival, so there's a chance there for somebody to get involved with the horse and, you know, be running in a Group 1 within weeks. So there's plenty of options there. So there's a 273 lot starts closing from midday, and uh, then, then we've got the Millennium, and then, yeah, the, the classic sale here from Sunday. So it's all happening out here at Riverside. Brilliant stuff. Great to talk with you, Fitzy. Great we could feature Inglis in this uh, Wednesday uh, gap, and I'll tell you what, um, bring it on Saturday. Thanks, Dave. We'll see you out there, mate.